Welcome to Surroundscapes, an audio and video podcast series featuring a diverse collection of interviews with thought leaders from around the world addressing the general subject of the future of business. This content is curated by Blue Sound Professional and focuses on the role of the oral and visual senses in creating unique, delightful and compelling experiences to stimulate business. This first series of Surroundscapes is focused on the future of hospitality and retail, the sector of the market in which Blue Sound Professional is most active and market sector hard hit by the COVID-19 pandemic. I'd like to introduce Dave Rahn from Custom Channels. Dave is talking to us from Boulder, Colorado, and we'll talk about the Custom Channels business music service. So welcome, Dave. Thank you very much, Graham. So to start with, can you give us some uh, background on Custom Channels, how it all started? Sure. Custom Channels was born out of a company my partner and I started in 1991 uh, called SBR Creative Media, and we were a consultancy to broadcast radio stations around North America, uh, specializing in adult alternative music and rock music stations. And uh, so we have a, a lot of years of experience in, in music programming, um, audience development, broadcast, uh, technology, and so on. We began Custom Channels as a service of our company in 1999. So we were very early in the streaming world, in the streaming, uh, the advent of streaming on the internet, uh, one of the original uh, streaming companies. And we uh, began by doing internet radio stations for actual radio stations for broadcast, AM and FM stations, uh, through the form of what we called at the time side channels. So a, a station might have alternate forms of programming that would appear on their website that could be streamed to their listeners via the, the website. We had some success with that in the early 2000s. And about 12 years ago in 2007-8, we were approached by some businesses who said, boy, it looks like you do a great job of streaming over the internet to individuals. Have you ever considered streaming music into businesses? We really hadn't at the time. But we started to look into it a little bit, explore all the um, the ways that that might be done, and realize that it was really the the wave of the future of how businesses were going to receive, especially audio content. But it turns out audio and video content would be streaming um, over the internet, often in real time, which is what we specialized in. But you know, if you recall, in 2007, not all businesses even had reliable internet, and if they did, sometimes bandwidth was quite limited. So we may have been a little ahead of our time in, at that point, but certainly the infrastructure and, and uh, the, the internet has caught up uh, quite nicely. And uh, fortunately for us, it's become a very, it's been a very good way to deliver audio content to businesses. So we started it uh, with just a handful of clients. We started out with uh, five Whole Foods markets in, uh, in the Colorado area, and I think maybe five Floyd's barbershops in, also here in Colorado, so started locally, but then quickly expanded out nationally to to the point where we were servicing all 450 or so Whole Foods stores as of uh, 2018, 19, and 100 Floyd's barbershops, and then thousands of other businesses on top of that. So we've evolved and um, have been working with businesses to bring them great audio content by streaming delivery since 2007. 
Excellent. Thanks. Thanks, Dave. It was an interesting point you brought up about bandwidth, because I hear that sometimes from businesses regarding uh, streaming content into the businesses rather than the kind of more old fashioned way of doing it where you you have a overnight download or something like that. But I also feel that like 10 years ago, I'd occasionally go into a store and I'd, I'd give them my credit card and they say, oh, our internet's down and they'd pull out one of those swipe things and they'd swipe your card. But I haven't seen one of those in years. And I think that's because hmm. you just accept the bandwidth and you know that if you if the internet goes down, you've got way bigger problems and that you don't have background music. You know, you can't process credit cards. You don't have any your point of sale stuff. So I think you're right that streaming now is a reality for, for any business or it's possible for any business because that sort of reliable internet connections there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I often use that line, you know, if your internet goes down, you have a lot bigger problems than, uh, than whether your music is playing. And frankly, the, the infrastructure now, at least in the US, most of North America is so solid and good in most places that internet outages are actually, I think, maybe less common than power outages. And so it's, uh, you know, we have thousands of installations and very rarely ever have any problems with widespread internet outage. Now, that being said, individual stores sometimes have a problem with their ISP or with their, their network. It's almost always an internal network issue uh, that we troubleshoot rather than a, a broader, you know, quote unquote, internet or, or service provider issue. So we found the internet and live streaming in particular to be a very uh, robust, very solid way to deliver content. Very few technical problems with it. I would say fewer actually than than older models like satellite, which requires a line of sight, of course, uh, to the open sky. So many, it's not appropriate for many businesses that might be in, say, inside, say, a shopping mall or, uh, you know, a building where they don't have that kind of access. Uh, it's also uh, uh, satellites affected by, by weather, with snow and rain and so on. And even the hard drive systems of the past, those are temperamental also because they require more expensive and, and difficult to maintain hardware that can often fail. So our players are simple streaming devices that uh, that we use out, outside of the blue sound environment that have no moving parts. And of course, when we're on, when a customer uses us through the blue sound platform, then of course they, they have the, the, the solid hardware and software that, that you provide as well. One other point I'll make about streaming uh, considering bandwidth is that we made a decision early on to keep a very low low profile footprint on the bandwidth usage. So all of our streams are typically delivered at less than 100K kilobits per second of bandwidth. And that may sound like it's not very good quality, but it, it's that's far from the truth. Um, the, the streaming codecs now uh, allow us to uh, deliver very high quality audio via live streams uh, with a very low bandwidth. Um, we actually use more bandwidth than say SiriusXM does on their, um, you know, their music channels uh, because we have, we're not constrained by the uh, limited amount of bandwidth that's on a satellite. So, uh, but still only 100K. And if you think about, you know, a typical business internet connection might have, you know, at a minimum, maybe 10 megabits per second, but many have 50 or 100 um, or even a gigabit now. Uh, it's a tiny fraction of the overall bandwidth usage. So the music doesn't interfere with any other uh, 
um, network uses um, in most cases. Yeah, that, <clears throat> that makes a ton of sense. In my previous business, um, I was dealing with streaming or networked audio platforms and distributing networked audio across campuses and in corporations. And if a channel of uncompressed audio is typically around a meg. And I remember when we first started doing that, it was a really big deal for, for most corporations. And now even a meg on a gigabit or 10 gig network is really insignificant. Do you have any plans now that bandwidth is free flowing, I suppose, to offer high, high bandwidth streams? Or are you happy staying within the 100K range? Uh, it's a good question, and we do occasionally get questions from um, audiophiles <laughs> or people who have interest in that. And we do have the ability uh, on a case-by-case -case basis with some of our products to to allow for, um, uh, you know, as up to, say, a 320 kilobit per second stream. Um, we'll always want to make sure that the client has enough solid bandwidth to, to deal with that. But, you know, honestly, in most commercial environments, we're not talking about trying to achieve what you or I might call audiophile quality. What we're trying to do is find achieve audio that is reliable and also sounds good in that kind of unpredictable commercial space, which often means taller um, ceilings, often means, uh, you know, sometimes they're using inexpensive speakers, of course, not if they're using blue sound, but uh, but in many, many cases, they are uh, using, you know, less expensive uh, commercial speakers. And it's a noisy environment. So we want to make sure we also, we also pre-process all of our audio so that it uh, comes through with uh, normalized volume levels and also just enough compression on the audio side to ensure that the audio cuts through. Um, it, I, I made a note at the beginning of the podcast that uh, I have a background in, in radio broadcasting. And of course, FM broadcasters have always been adopting their sound a bit to make sure that the audio punches through in noisy environments like cars. So we kind of apply that same thinking, but to the commercial uh, aspects, uh, commercial uh, business uh, locations and the, the unique challenges posed by that. Um, so I guess to answer your question, yes, technically we could do uh, a higher a higher quality audio. Um, we can do that now on request, uh, especially with our custom products. But um, frankly, there just isn't as much call for that as you might think. That makes a ton of sense. We also have leveling and um, some compression within the BlueOS uh, ecosystem. So, so we can do it at our end too. And some customers like that done. Some customers prefer the full dynamic range. You began to, to talk about some stuff that I want to probe into a bit more now, which is it's evident from what you said that the custom channels was one of the first streaming services for businesses. Mm -hmm. But there's now kind of a fair few of them coming up. It seems to be quite a big thing. What would you consider the the kind of the unique features of your service? Why why would you, someone use custom channels instead of something else? So I, I kind of put it in a couple of different categories. Um, one is uh, the, the business services versus the consumer services, and certainly you can look at Spotify, SiriusXM, 
and others as uh, consumer services. Um, now, Spotify doesn't offer a business service, but a lot of businesses do use Spotify and are familiar with it, even though it might be illegal to use it in your business. They're, they're familiar with that. So we, we're trying to provide a, a, a differentiation between us and uh, Spotify, but recognizing that those, but Spotify has some great tools for creating and managing playlists. So we want to, we, we recognize that we, we play in that world. And then on the uh, the other side, you've got services that are built for businesses, but may not be true streaming services, that they're using different licensing models for their streams that don't give them access to all the music that we have. And perhaps I should just mention that, that as a true streaming service, where everything's in, in real time, uh, we have at custom channels, have access to virtually every sound recording that's been publicly released. We don't have to go get the individual tracks licensed. Uh, no artist or publisher can necessarily turn us down for using it. Uh, one of the advantages as a true streaming company is it gives us a lot of flexibility in programming and virtually unlimited access to music. And since we specialize in working with what we call music conscious brands, that's very important because the, the, the clients that we have want to make sure that we have access to all the music that they might be interested in to accurately reflect their brand. And as a matter of fact, you know, Spotify even doesn't have access to everything because they, they have to direct license all their music. So, you know, there are times when people switch over to Spotify illegally and try to create the same playlist that we have created for them and they can't do it because the some of the songs aren't available there and then when it comes to things like Sirius XM um, which is a fine service I have it in my car I use it and uh, you know like it it was never designed for businesses it's it's a consumer service and the programming is designed for consumers but then it has the business licensing attached to it which of course makes it legal but it doesn't necessarily make it great for business. So you still get songs that maybe aren't appropriate for the business setting. Um, you can get songs, you can get uh, channels that are too repetitive because the playlists are too small because they're not designed to be played 18 hours a day, 24 hours, uh, seven days a week, 52 weeks a year in a business. They're designed for people driving to and from work or across, across the country or something like that. I think one of, if if you were to ask me what's the thing that sets us apart the most, I would say it's our, our human music curation. Many streaming companies have started over the last many years, and Spotify is one of them, that while they do have human curators, a lot of what the programming is based on is algorithms and third-party playlist generation um, that you don't always have a lot of control over. So. One of the things that I think sets us apart from many of the other streaming providers, even those for business, is that we have professional music programmers putting together all of our style selections and our ready-to-go playlists and our custom-curated ethos playlist, which is what we do uh, when we create a playlist for a specific brand. We use a lot of technology to find music and to process it for our use, but we don't rely entirely on AI to create playlists. We use the human ear, and we still think that's an important differentiator. Interesting. Thanks. Thanks very much for that. I totally agree with your 
comment about some things being suitable for consumer, some people things being suitable for commercial. It's the same in the hardware world. I, I'm a hi-fi lover and I spend a lot of money on hi-fi and I don't have any commercial audio gear in my house. Likewise, I wouldn't recommend people putting hi-fi gear in commercial environments because it's expected to run 24 seven in dusty, hot environments and it's not built for it. So it's kind of horses for courses. When I first got into this business, I really thought that the perfect business music service would kind of be a commercially licensed Spotify so that people had a huge library and could make their own playlists. But I've come to realize that a lot of people don't want to be bothered by making their own playlist and, and the perfect business music service is very different to the perfect consumer streaming service. Well, I was just going to say, we agree with that. And I think what we try to do is find that, that right balance between giving our customers the level of control that they want, but with a very simple, easy to use platform that they won't get frustrated by. Um, you know, I often joke, I say, yeah, it's easy to find a Spotify playlist that sounds great for your business. But if you look at how many songs that is, it might only be a hundred songs. And while that may sound like a lot, that's only a few hours of music and you'll get tired of that very quickly. So part of our job is to give you that sense that you can get the sound that you're looking for, but knowing that you've got a team behind you at custom channels, constantly feeding that, that playlist and, um, and evolving it and making sure that it isn't going to become stale and repetitive. Yeah, that makes sense. I've seen some articles recently about, about employees being driven crazy by, by repeating mm -hmm. content. You mentioned a, a custom service uh, ethos, I think, and, and you also have more pre-programmed channels. What's the split between customers that come to you for custom curated content and customers that come to you to use existing channels? Sure. I would say that about half of our client base or door count right now is for custom. That is really our calling card. That's why our name of our company is Custom Channels. Um, and frankly, it's something that very few of the other providers offer. You know, they may, they'll provide a lot of different playlists and things like that that you can choose from. But the idea that we would, someone would sit down with your brand and, and think through, you know, the, the whole vibe that you're looking to get, what kind of your demographics, um, your objectives, all of this, and have a, a program director working with you on an ongoing basis to create that sound. Not many companies offer that in the streaming world. So that's about half of our customers. The other half is, is a mix of our two other services, uh, Remix and All Access. All Access are uh, ready-to-go channels. That would be more of the analogous to, say, satellite radio channels where you don't have any customization of, of them, but you've got a wide variety of channels to choose from. They're all built for business. They're all, the music's all screened. They have segues. They're all sequenced professionally using music scheduling software, and they're just plug-and-play, turn them on and let them go, and they, just, they don't have any commercials or anything. So it's really a perfect... Uh, solution for a lot of businesses like dental offices and so on and especially where you don't want to have to do a lot of your own modifications or programming of the music yourself but our, our probably our fastest growing service is called remix and that is our do-it-yourself platform that is analogous to say a spotify or a pandora 
you can create playlists from the styles that we offer to you um, and you can mix and match them in different percentages you can create day parts different playlists at different times so as a rule i would say probably about 80 percent of our business is between ethos and remix so that's our custom curated plus our do-it-yourself and then the other 20 percent probably all access the people who want just that that simple plug-and-play solution i know that some of the with the the what I call legacy download services, mood media, play network, those sorts of people, are basically all about custom curated services, but they're pretty expensive. So only really big chains of stores and restaurants and things can can use those. Do your um, custom curated services scale to regional chains and that sort of thing? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's the great thing about streaming is we do have the ability to um, to scale up virtually unlimited. There, there really isn't a practical uh, limitation as to how many locations we can serve. You know, I would say as a, uh, g generally ethos, uh, it is a little bit more costly than than our standard uh, other service than our non you know custom curated services. But if you do have 10 or more locations it can be just as cost effective as as one of our other services and i agree i mean i think the big players muzak you mentioned well, mood media which bought muzak out and play network you know they're quite a bit larger than us and they do have a history of working with bigger brands that have been around for a long time and i think we and other streaming upstarts are are finding a niche in smaller fast growing highly scalable businesses that are just getting started that are interested in a tech forward solution so we're, we don't deal as much with the legacy brands as as the other companies might and so the ones that we have that have multiple hundreds of locations they're already scaling on a particular uh, growth timeline and we just can scale up right with them no problem you talk about music conscious brands that that was an interesting phrase to me how would you define a music con conscious brand so that music reflects and is part of the, the brand experience for the customer um, a great example of this is floyd's barber shops which is about 120 hair salons around the country uh, they started in denver but they were the original rock and roll barber shop and you if you go into their salons you see a giant poster wall with all you know vintage rock and roll posters um you know all the people there they're the music playing loud um it, it music is part of that brand experience they're certainly a music conscious brand and you know i'll, I'll give an example while starbucks is not a, a client of ours great if they were but but they they started out many years ago having music be an integral part of that experience when you go into a Starbucks, so much so that they ended up later starting their own music label, which I think they've, they've since spun off or, or, or ended, uh, quit. But, um, but music was a big part of that. And I think a lot of uh, brands that have grown up you know, with Starbucks as sort of a backdrop, like Chipotle, for example, which was a client of ours for some time, um, they, um, they look at those models and say, well, look what, look what these big brands are doing as part of the, the brand experience. And music is a, um, a very powerful way to express part of your brand's personality. 
So those are the kinds of customers that we tend to, to work most closely with, as opposed to maybe, you know, a run of the mill convenience store where all they really just need is something on in the background to um, you know, kind of fill up the audio space. Um, while we certainly have some of those customers, um, they might be able to get by with, uh, you know, a, a, a service that isn't quite as uh, custom as what we offer. Excellent. That leads me really neatly into to the next part of what I wanted to talk to you about. And I should also say that I, I'm here in Portland, Oregon, and we have a couple of Floyd's Barbers here, and mm -hmm. I've been into them before um, and actually should go into them pretty soon because I've been without haircut for the last three or four months and I'm desperate <laughs> for one. But I actually wanted to talk to you about that because you know we're talking at the moment in this time of pandemic in, in North America. And one of the things that that's doing is accelerating trends that were already there before. So people buying online rather than going into brick and mortar stores, people having meals delivered rather than going to restaurants, because that's really the only way they can at the moment in many places. But as we come out of sure. this, people come back into public spaces. You know, how do you think custom channels can help businesses provide those environments that entice customers in again? It has been an interesting time. And we had a number of customers who contacted us when all of this was coming down in, in April, who said, well, we're going to, we're going to close, we have to close our dining room. We're going to stay open for carry out or curbside delivery and so on but we're going to close our dining room so we're going to cancel our music for a while or tell further notice and so we of course we were disappointed in that but we would take honor their request and we would turn you know cancel their service for or suspend it for a while but often we would get a call back in a few days and say i did not realize what a big difference having music on in the restaurant makes, even if it's just our employees or even if the customer's just coming in for a moment to pick, do a pickup at the counter, to have it be silent and to have it not be uh, vibrant as, as it normally would really put a dent in the, in the whole vibe of the business. And so many of them would start back up. And we actually did some special accommodation for small clients that allowed them to keep the music going at a reduced rate uh, for a period of time just for that purpose, you know, kind of to thank them for serving their communities. But I think long-term, you're right, things are going to, you know, it, it is an acceleration of what we're already seeing. I think that the, the brick and mortar retail stores, you know, the, the malls and so on will be impacted. Although, you know, humans are social beings. We, we want to get out. We, we want to touch things. We want to see things and hold things. So, it's, I don't think it's a death knell for retail at all. I, you know, some will have to adjust, certainly. Restaurants, that is a big experience for a lot of people and an important one. And I think that as people feel that it's safer to go back out, that restaurants will bounce back. There will be some that don't make it, but they'll be replaced with new brands that do. And whether you've got a small dining room with just a few people in it, a few tables in it, or a 200-seat or a, a sit-down restaurant, you still need that music to be part of it, of the experience for the employees and just for the, the brand ambience. And fortunately, we're a relatively low cost item. So it's not something that's costing you $1,000 a month. It's a, 
you know, it's, it's, it's maybe a dollar a day or, or $2 a day for music, uh, which seems like a pretty reasonable and, and affordable thing for something that gives you as much benefit as it does. I think that music provides a sense of normalcy and a welcoming, comfortable vibe when people are exposed to it. Frankly, I wish that more businesses paid more attention to the value of music. Um, and because I, I think if they thought about it for a second, they'd really realize that it, it can make as much difference as, you know, new decor, new signage, new lighting, you know, anything. And it's very easy to change the music. Uh, those other things are quite costly to change. So I, I'm still optimistic that businesses, especially the kinds of businesses that we serve, will succeed and that music will continue to be a big part of it, both for their employees and their customers. We will ride this out. Some of the bigger legacy retail brands may not be so fortunate, but um, that's not our core wheelhouse to begin with. I agree with everything you say there, and, and thank you for, for doing what you did for the small businesses to, to help provide them music, even in, in these difficult times. I agree that walking into a place just to pick up your meal that's silent, and these are the times we need uplifting, and likewise the employees need uplifting. So I, I totally agree there. And I totally agree that as, as an audiophile and, and someone that's been in the audio industry all, all my life, basically, I wish businesses thought more about sound in all elements, in, in the acoustics of the place, the, the spaces they design and the content they put in. But it's interesting at the moment because I, I think a lot of the key to getting people back in is creating experiences and creating experiences that are difficult to have at home. And in order to do that, you have to use as many of your senses as possible. And some of our senses are not safe now. Our sense of touch is not safe. Our sense of taste sort of maybe a little worrisome. Our sense of smell with airborne transmission, mm -hmm. not so safe. So we're really left with two senses, the sense of sight and the sense of sound. And you talk a lot about people spending money on interior design and signage and all that sort of thing, and they do, because business for years has really focused on only one of our five senses, the sense, sense of sight. And this idea of adding really congruent, powerful sound to the experience, I really hope that businesses will take that on board and say, you know what, we can we can really reinforce the visual messages we're trying to give by congruent audio messages. Completely agree. Um, and, you know, also on a practical standpoint, I'll mention that one of the things we started doing in, in the pandemic was offering uh, more services around messaging between the records, between the songs. So as businesses were opening up, a lot of places were wanting to remind their customers about the importance of social distancing or maybe what the what the business is doing to protect their safety and make them feel comfortable for being there with these audio messages and as an old radio guy <laughs> well hopefully not too old <laughs> but we understand the power of audio and it's immersive and you know it and it's um you don't have to be standing right in front of a sign and reading it in order to be exposed to the message so we've had many customers using um uh, in-store audio messaging uh, between the songs to, you know, as part of their reopening process. And I'm, we're going to try to encourage them to say, as you move forward, you may be able to use that 
for more fun things like you know doing shout outs from your customers or, or from your employees or promoting your community involvement things you do to help in your community um, or specials things you want to sell more of you know so we're trying to offer customers our, our customers that whole package of audio experience yeah we're finding that that same thing uh, within Bluos, both with local content and with streaming services we have that capability of scheduling in messages even if unlike you the service uh, doesn't allow for that natively. And we find that, yeah, people have public safety announcements, revised store opening hours, that kind of stuff that they need to get out at the moment. And I totally agree that they can use it going forward for more fun and creative things. I also want to pick up on a point you said earlier and reinforce it that really up-leveling your music content is a cheap way of enhancing your experience. A lot of places have been playing the same CDs for the last 10 years, listening to the same radio stations, and they've kind of got stayed. Whereas what services like yours offer and hardware like ours that allow for the replay of those services is millions of tracks. You know, the ability to really throw the window open and say we have this huge music library that we can pick and choose from along with curators that can help us through this. I love it when a customer of ours calls us up and says hey I'm getting a little tired of the music. We go great let's change it. <laughs> and, yeah, that's... You know, we can help them do that and we can do it very quickly. That's a great advantage to doing all of this via streaming it's just so flexible upgradable in terms of installing custom channels is there any particular advice you'd give to system integrators that are thinking of putting in systems as to you know how to get the best out of your service unlike you i'm not an expert in speaker placement and that kind of thing but i think that you know, if you're using the, the Blue OS uh, platform, um, you know, you, I'm always a fan of having more distributed sound. Um, and of course, now you've got everything app-based, so you can control the volume. And one of the things I would advise, especially restaurants to do this, is um, to assign uh, somebody at your team, on your team, and it's often the front line person maybe running the cash register or some a host or hostess somebody to to be monitoring the audio volume throughout the day um, because when the restaurant is very busy you want to have the audio cranked up a little bit so you can so it can be heard and it's not just an annoying sound in the back um, and then when it's very quiet you know maybe in the opening hours or something you know you don't want it playing too loud in there for when somebody comes in i think that's one thing uh that that businesses sometimes overlook is making sure that they're kind of keeping track of the volume. It's like the lighting, right? You know, at different times of the day, you you open the shades or you close them, or you turn on certain lights or you turn off certain lights. You want to do the same thing with your audio. So that's one thing I would tell integrators to to you know counsel their um, their customers on. Um, and then of course, you know, speaker placement uh, is important. Um, I, I'm always a fan of having um, audio nearby the front door so when you you know even when the door just opens even if you're standing still outside you hear that music playing 
um, outside because it's a welcoming, inviting thing, and it sets the tone. As you said, it's one of those senses um, even before the customer comes in the door. Um, so that I think that, or, or you know, or outdoor. Now, here's another thing: with in the post-pandemic, everybody's got outdoor seating and things like that. Even if it's sort of makeshift at this point, but get some speakers outside. You know, get them out on the patio or out on the sidewalk or wherever you're you're providing your food um, or or your or your retail experience. Um, and, and your system uh, with Blue Oss would be ideal for that because you can easily set up a, another couple of speakers in adjacent outdoor area. Sure, yeah. We, we actually have some products coming that are indoor-outdoor speakers with built-in streaming and amplification, and they're PoE+, plus, so they're really, really simple to wire, um, just a Cat5 cable outside. And we're getting a lot of interest from people that want to up-level their outdoor experience. The the music in the the foyer and that sort of thing as you come in is kind of the audio equivalent to supermarkets piping the smell of the bakery through the HVAC system to the front and kind of just, just bringing people in. I think that a lot of what you've said there, we we have some products coming that will do some of what you were talking about. So we have an ambient noise compensation unit coming that will ha have a sensing mic that'll monitor the ambient level in, in a space so that the staff don't even have to adjust the volume. That'll happen automatically in a pre-programmed way. You don't always want a one-to-one -one, uh, increase in sound because then it kind of runs, then the music goes up the ambient goes up because people are talking louder, the music goes up and it runs away with itself. So there's some adjustments and nuances in ambient noise compensation, but we, we certainly have that algorithm coming in some new products. So hopefully we can work alongside you in providing the functionality that customers need. Another area we've been thinking hard about is the safety and security of controlling systems and sterilizing systems. So that includes things like white clean control panels, uh, bring your own device, which is not normally a way we'd, we'd recommend for, for businesses to control their sound systems, but at least temporarily, it allows people to only have their own germs on, on their own phones or, or tablets. Voice control is something we've put into our, our hardware and again, it's not something I'd normally recommend because particularly in crowded spaces, voice commands can be really unreliable. But if you can put your Alexa or your Google Home device in a back room somewhere, you can voice control it in a quieter environment without having to touch anything. And then finally, something I know you have anyway built into your system, which is scheduling. So you don't even need to have a control system because it's all being done automatically. So do you have any other last comments that you'd like to make before we wrap this all up? I think it's an exciting time to, to be in, in the space that we're in. Um, more and more brands are recognizing the importance of music. And, be, and partly that's because of the consumer services. Consumers are exposed to so much more music. So it sort of raised the bar for businesses. They can't get away just playing the usual elevator music, you know, just to fill up the audio space. They really need to have something special and unique and customers will appreciate it because they're looking for things that are special and unique as well. I love it when I see, I walk into one of my customer stores 
and I'm watching people, you know, bobbing their head or maybe even pulling out their phone and shazamming the song that's playing overhead because it sounds so cool and you don't know what it is. Um, and mm -hmm. so we've got to keep up with the consumer's tastes and kind of lead that a little bit and make sure that we're providing a great soundtrack for our music conscious customers. The technology that's available now to do it and the interest in music is unparalleled and we're, it's a very exciting time to be in the business we are. It is, I, I think you're right there. I, a question popped into my head based on something you were talking about earlier and you may not be able to answer this, but you mentioned about audio streaming but also video streaming. Do you have any plans to get into that field? Well, there are a lot of players in the video screen space and the content there is kind of runs the gamut uh, from you know, digital menu boards to uh, ambient videos and things uh, in, in, uh, in the stores. So it's an area that we're looking at because it is certainly part of that brand experience. But at this point, we don't have any plans to provide say original video content it, it is a, more expensive and and uh, uh challenging to do than, than than the music programming partly for licensing purposes and so on that being said uh, we do have an api uh, which allows us to take all the metadata album playlist information title and artist uh, album art and so on and so customers that do have let's say they're using our, our service for overhead music and also have video screens, they could integrate visual content related to our stream, like now playing information and so on, into their video display. So I think we'll have, we'll see more of that as businesses experiment with ways to tie the visual experience together with the audio experience in their stores. So thank you very much, Dave, for all of this. And if people want to get in touch with you, which I really hope they will after hearing what you can do with custom channels. What's the best way of finding you? First stop would be our website at www.customchannels.net. You'll have all our contact information there, including phone numbers. And we uh, do try to be very responsive and, and you can get one of us on the phone to talk about music for your business. Or you can reach out to me directly by email. I'm at dave at customchannels.net. Thanks so much. So. That was Dave Rahn from the really innovative business music service, Custom Channels. And this was an episode of Surroundscapes, an audio podcast curated by Blue Sound Professional. This series is on the future of hospitality and retail. We have other series coming on other elements of the future of business. So please listen in for future podcasts. Go back to our library to find past podcasts. Thank you so much for your time and goodbye.